You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, September 7th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Fires on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or just baseball to which i am a staff writer for go check out that great news site it is awesome or maybe pop culture entertainment if by any chance that is something more down your lane i've also written at places like nerdist mental floss inverse play disgusting film cred and more and hopefully many more to come but most importantly go check out the twitter page for the show which is at lo underscore padres or my personal account which is at javapeno and that's spelled j-a-v I-I-P-E-N-O. Uh, you can follow me on there. Hit me up with any questions, comments, or concerns. I love to interact with you guys and get back to you and maybe even get back to you here on the show. And speaking of today's show, guys, we are brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from Locked On MLB Network's team of local Experts, subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Guys, today, believe it or not, is the rare, you know, coming back from the Monday Labor Day. I hope everybody had a great weekend. They celebrated. They were safe and healthy and they enjoyed because Lord knows it's been a tough last year and a half. So anytime any holiday comes around, I am very much hoping that everybody is, you know, living life and enjoying it with uh, people they care about and what have you. Um, I know I was okay, except that I saw this movie Waking Life. Uh, directed by Richard Linklater, which made me hate myself, and I wanted to jump out a window. It's one of the worst movies I've seen in a while. I think people only were giving it credit on Letterboxd and all these movie review apps because it's directed by Richard Linklater, for those who don't know. Director of Dazed and Confused, Boyhood, The Before Trilogy, all those great classic movies. He's one of my favorite prestige filmmakers out of all of them, along with David Fincher. But anyway, that's going way too down the rabbit hole, guys. Today, we are recapping the Labor Day weekend series against the Houston Astros, which, for once... I'm going to be recording on here. You guys can see me on YouTube. Uh, I'm in a really good mood because the Padres won two out of the three games against one of the best teams in all of baseball. A stark contrast from their uh, play of late against a lot of teams, but also the Dodgers who they just got swept by. So that's very good. We're going to be recapping that. Definitely talking about the Eric Hosmer discourse that occurred. Talking a little bit about Chris Paddock, Joe Musgrove, Denelson Lamette, all these guys. So without further ado. Let's get right into it. We got a lot to talk about uh, on today's show, as you can tell. Here we go, guys. Starting with Friday's game. They actually lost this one, 6-3. to three, And this was the game where a lot of friggin' discourse took place. So we're going to get into it, though. Let's start with how uh, the Astros did. They have It was kind of a bullpen game for them. Urquidy was their starter. Jose Urquidy, to be more specific. Meanwhile, for the Padres, their starter was Mr. Jake Arrieta. And... For those who know, I've been roasting this Jake Arrieta a little bit on the show. Maybe I let my personal kind of feelings toward the guy being, I still stand by it, being a bit of a jerk with the whole yelling at a reporter thing for the not mask thing. Like, we don't have to go down that route, but I just thought that was an incredibly jerkish thing to do. And from what I hear, so it was just really messed up. And more importantly, he'd been a bad pitcher this year. Uh, Heading into this game, his ERA was 7.13. 7.13. And of course, I talk about how on the crossover out of all the games, they are no way they're winning this one. And what does he do? He goes out 
and delivers essentially the performance that they need from him, which is not necessarily good. He does not generate a lot of whiffs. He does not wipe, wipe anybody out. He only strikes out three guys, walks one batter, goes five innings, but he only has three runs. And actually, the three runs allowed, which we'll get to in a second, maybe not necessarily his fault. We might have gotten uh, out of that inning, if not for a certain someone who plays first base for the Padres. Uh, there was a Kyle Tucker home run. Uh, that occurs, or I'm sorry, a Carlos Correa home run, then there's a uh, Kyle Tucker home run later that happens to kind of put the game, uh, untie the game, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, I thought Arietta, he basically just did his job. He came in, gave the Padres innings, which they've been desperately looking for over the last month and a half because of guys like Ryan Weathers and all the injuries to the rotation that they just need guys to fill in uh, some innings for them. And Jake Arietta kind of did his did his job in a lot of ways. Still one of the worst starters in baseball, and it shows you how far the Padres have fallen this second half, but he did okay. And then Pierce Johnson comes in. He doesn't give up any runs. Uh, Craig Stammen, who I've long said is like the sacrificial lamb for Padres fans. Every time he does poorly, everyone loves to destroy him and say how he's the worst in the world. He's not an elite reliever for sure, but he's also not too bad. 2.85 or 8.7 ERA right now. But then Emilio Pagan comes in. And here's the thing with Emilio Pagan. You know, some people have talked about Melanson and how they ma- he makes them nervous, right? But Melanson, one thing that is good about him, I think I've only seen that guy give up like one home run this year. He does give up a bunch of hits every now and then. There was a point when his ERA, I'm pretty sure, was was lower than his whip or something like that. Like it was so basically for context, he he gives up a decent amount of hits. He does walk guys. He does not strike out guys, but he doesn't give up the big hits, which is what I really love about him. Yes, it makes you nervous, but he's never given up that four run bomb. He's never given up that two run bomb, which is why Melanson's been great. And in Million Pagan, he does have that wipeout stuff. He will strike out a guy in three batters. But then sometimes he gives up the big home run. In this case, one to Kyle Tucker, which granted, Kyle Tucker is a good player. 393 feet on the home run. Uh, he, he's a good player. He's not an elite player yet. He's still kind of finding his way. But nonetheless, it was disappointing. Emilio Pagan just makes you nervous. I don't care if his strikeout stuff is pretty decent. Um, on the year, just to, to kind of put it in context, he has in 56 innings, he has 65 Ks, which is pretty decent. 56 and a third innings to be specific. Uh, but it's just... It, it doesn't matter if you're giving up such big hits. But also, in fairness, the biggest thing about this game was also that the Padres, I mean, Manny Machado does get an infield single, by the way. I should have mentioned this early on in the game. Forgot to mention this. A hustle play by Mr. No Hustle Manny Machado. He outruns an infield hit, gets a single line to and Kim to score. But the Carlos Correa homer. Let's talk about that first of all. I've talked about in the podcast and the show that I'm a big I'm a big fan of all Puerto Rican players and you know Carlos Correa has basically been on the exemption list the commissioner exemption list of the Puerto Rican Alliance for being an Astro and all the things that they did uh, for sure and he's been just I mean he's been a great player I mean I think he hits another home run in this series over the weekend he's really really good might be one of the top free agents heading into this offseason um, not that he's someone that the Padres would go after but I'm just genuinely just as a baseball fan curious to see what happens to him but anyway um, in this inning, basically Eric Hosmer, and I, I hadn't realized it, my mom actually pointed it out to me, where Eric Hosmer basically, there's there's a ground ball that's hit into the shift, right? Early on in the same inning when Carlos Correa hits the home run by, let me see, it was, uh, ooh, who was it, who was it? Jason McCormick, grounded out, who was the person? It was a Michael Brantley single, I believe, yeah, a Michael Brantley single that happens to shallow right, even though there was the shift on and when I saw it, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but I saw that was just a weird play. He couldn't get to first in time. And then I watched the replay, and Eric Hosmer, instead of running immediately to first, 
is doing like a stutter step trying to get back to first. Almost as if, and it's like, that wasn't Hassan Kim's fault. When you miss the ball, you just run right back to first base. He doesn't do that. Instead, he's like tracking the ball as if he's a receiver in football. No, that's not how that works. You just run to the ball. You don't have to... It was. It's very hard to kind of explain this through words, but it was a dumb defensive play. He doesn't get an error on it because it's a very weird, errant kind of, you know, kind of unconventional play, I guess, for lack of a better term. But nonetheless, it was annoying, and that leads to a walk by um, Kyle Tucker and then the home run from Carlos Correa. Do they maybe get out of that inning? I don't know, but I'm just saying that's not a good way to start, right? And then all of a sudden they give up this home run, so it's, I don't even know if it's necessarily Jake Arrieta's fault. Like I said, Kyle Tucker, pretty decent player. He has home run power for sure. And that was just frustrating to see. What are you doing? And also, what are you doing even reaching out? You know what I mean? When the ball gets past you, that's why we have the shift. You don't need to cover that much range because we have a right fielder. We have an extra right fielder, basically, with Hassan Kim there. So that was not on Hassan Kim. That was on Eric Cosmer. And then later on in the night, later on in the night, he makes another error, a routine kind of ground ball that just eats him up. It has a little bit of a bounce, but nonetheless, Mr. Four Goal Gloves doesn't make the play doesn't make the play and allows them to score another run with a Jake Myers single. Uh, That's what it leads to. Everyone, rightfully, on Padres Twitter, which I definitely pay attention to. Uh, I like to see your guys' reactions and your thoughts and kind of, you know, takes, I guess, on the team to inform myself, too, since I haven't been as much of a fan of this franchise as many others. But I watched that and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, and on top of that, by the way, by the way, he strikes out with the bases loaded and every single pitch was outside the zone. Every single pitch. One upside, then one inside. There were some foul balls he fouled off to, and he strikes out every single pitch outside the zone. Not only did he foul, I mean, he fouled off the pitches, but bottom line, they were all outside the zone, and he strikes out. So Eric Hosmer essentially was the big villain of that game and cost the Padres the game. And we're going to talk about him a little bit more uh, for sure. But you know what isn't necessarily evil and is, in fact, a hero? Guys, did you know 85% actually of people who play daily fantasy sports that they lose? Is it really that surprising though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and most importantly, more time. You don't stand a chance, but don't worry. We're introducing Stat Hero, ladies and gentlemen. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup you name your stakes winner take all you have the advantage stat hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time no one else does that uh since you're in total control uh it's the way dfs was meant to be basically so go to stathero.com slash locked on sign up for free and right now you can get three times back on your first play they're giving you a 300 match that's unheard of go to stathero.com slash locked on stathero.com slash locked on guys you'll definitely want to check that out and also something you're going to want to check out the best protein bars in all the land not just san diego not just houston not just any other random town in all the land ladies and gentlemen they are the built bars you're gonna love them they're covered in 100 chocolate soft and easy to chew and most importantly uh, or at least what i like about the most great variety of flavors grasshopper cookie rocky road german chocolate cookies and cream orange strawberry double chocolate coconut jerry barcia all sorts of flavors and all different new ones churning them out uh, all the time they really like uh, adding new flavors every now and then i imagine they're gonna have some pumpkin spice or fall flavored one coming out soon i can't wait for that but on top of tasting good and having a great variety of flavors, they're also healthy for you. After all, they are protein bars. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, 
all healthy guys order today uh go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com now guys let's uh let's keep it rolling let's keep it rolling ladies and gentlemen i need to talk to you now about something something very important all right let's let's we're actually mm, should i actually do this yeah we're, we're gonna do this we gotta get into the eric hosmer thing uh, a little bit more because people were complaining and they're saying, get them off the team. And well, guess what happens? They kind of do. All right. So in Saturday's game, which the Padres end up winning, like I said, they do win two out of three. The Padres win this one 10 to two instead of Eric Hosmer at first base. It's Jerkson Profar, who I hadn't actually brought up as a potential replacement. It's always been assumed that the ideal lineup would have been Adam Frazier moving to second base. And then you move Jake Cronenworth to first base, right? That that's what you do because we've seen that Jake Cronenworth can kind of play anywhere in the infield. He's really that good, um, especially since he has a lot of experience at shortstop. You know, coming from his colleges in Michigan. But they do Jerkson Profar there, and he's not bad on the game in terms of batting uh, for the night. He goes, let's see, one for four. Jerkson Profar, low key, been very very good as a utility role guy uh, for the last two months basically. In August, in the 11 games that he played, he had a 364, 481, 591 slash line. In the 24 games he played in July, 340, 431, 540, 50 at bats, 22 at bats. Uh, again. Not like it's a large, enormous sample size. He was not great for most of the season, but even still, I think it was just that he had a rough June, by the way. Like, in, in April, 244, 350 slash line, not bad. The slugging wasn't good at 302, but it's not terrible, basically, right? So he hadn't been terrible. June, he was bad, though. In 54 at-bats, 130, 288, 167. Lord almighty, that was bad. But he's kind of rebounded and been a decent player. So hopefully he can at least start to step up for most of September. But more importantly, like I said, the Pirates just rained fury in this game. Joe Musgrove is the starter for this game. And he doesn't even turn in that incredible of a start. He goes five and a third uh, innings. Actually, in in some ways has a worse start than Jake Arietta. A hundred pitches over those five and a thirds innings, giving up two earned runs on seven hits, walks one and strikes out four. Not the best, most dominant Joe Musgrove, like we saw last week when he went a full nine innings against the Angels and struck out nine. But nonetheless, as Jace Tingler noted in the conferences, a lot of the players were saying, like, when your guy goes out there, your number one guy, you just feel energized and want to get him the win. And that's what I think happened here. Like I said, the Padres scored 10 runs. The starter for the Astros was Framber Valdez, who, by the way, is not a bad pitcher. And he goes in this game, he only gives up four innings and uh, four runs in six innings, which isn't terrible. And then the Padres unleashed on Christian Javier. That's right, another Javier. That's crazy, right? Uh, Javier for the Padres, who heading into the game, 2.90 ERA. He's not bad, decent control guy, decent whiff guy, actually. Uh, decent Again, the pot, the Astros, which I talked about on, um, on Friday's podcast, the crossover with Brett Chancey and... Um, Eric Heisman of Lockdown Astros was very underrated pitchers over on the Astros. Yes, you can't really name uh, too many starters for them, but very underrated guys who have really just done a lot more than a lot of people expected to help keep up with their amazing offense. Um, and they get to him. And then they also get to uh, Josh James, who wasn't, you know, great for them. You know, he's kind of a random guy. They kind of, you know, beat up, beat up on him at the end of the game. But in terms of the RBIs, let's break it down, ladies and gentlemen. Austin Nola gets a single. Tatis gets a single with the bases loaded, which is really great. Jerkson Profar scores um, on a balk. Uh, actually, I forgot about that. That does happen. And Framber Valdez, known for being a pitcher that does not throw at hitters. He does not miss the zone and stuff. But 
That's what happened here. Manny Machado in the bottom of the seventh inning gets a two-run home run to deep left center, uh, 446 feet. And then Will Myers, one of the best offensive players for the Padres of the last month, he hits a home run. He was a little bit due for some power, and he gets there. And then to cap things off, bottom of the eighth, Tatis hits a two-run home run to make it 10-2. Part of me was like, man, I wish we could save this offense for some more games, but it was still so much fun. And I tweeted jokingly like, coincidence? My mom... She points out, she's like, and you know what happened? You take Eric Hosmer out of the lineup and look at what happens. This is what happens, and they looked great, uh, in my opinion. And most importantly, they they just stepped up. You needed guys to step up. And what I will say uh, on the Eric Hosmer thing, uh, before we take a quick break, I will say this, that, you know what, actually... I changed my mind. Let's take a break because we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff uh, when it comes to Eric Hosmer because he was definitely the topic of discussion this weekend despite all the wins and stuff, despite getting a two out of three series win against the Astros, one of the best teams in the league in my opinion. uh, There was just a lot of Eric Hosmer discourse and a lot of hysteria, but deservedly so. But before we get into that, guys, I need to talk to you about direct TV stream. I want to tell you about the, it's just a simple way. It's the simplest of ways to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites forever like never before. Well, not forever, but together like never before. I misread that. Sorry about that, guys. You know, it's it's a little bit hard to read ads at the same time when you're doing a live show on YouTube. Uh, for those everybody who doesn't know, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Stumbling over my words a little bit today, folks. Uh, but also, you know who doesn't stumble, though? I will say this. Bet online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gr- gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline. And also be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is that if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, though. Not just football. You've got baseball. You got basketball. You've got, you know, hockey, NHL. You know, mixed martial arts, UFC, whatever. They've got you covered. Remember to also use the promo code Locked On when you're there. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. All right, guys. Sorry about that ad read. I've got a little ahead of myself a couple times, but um. Let's talk about it. All right, so Sunday's game, firstly, we, this one, uh, 4-3 victory for the Padres. It is a game in which Chris Paddock makes a start, and he looks pretty good for most of the game. He's okay. He's okay. Again, he's okay, right? Look, so he basically has a Jake Area type start. He just eats some innings. He goes six innings in this game, giving up three earned runs on six hits. A lot of those runs come towards the end, but no walks or no and no strikeouts from Chris Paddock. Kind of an odd... Uh, performance really it's very rare that you see a zero zero like that especially for a starter that was very very odd but like I said Paddock look we need guys who can just give us innings the fact that we had that stretch where it was just Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove that was very nerve-wracking and it was not very fun uh, to go through that nowadays however we have some starting pitchers back and that's very good um 
my biggest problem with Paddock is that despite having adding the curveball this year, I talked about this on Friday's pod. You guys can listen to it there too. But despite adding more of a curveball this year, his fastball, his changeup has become too average pitches, especially the changeup, which was kind of his go-to for his rookie season. And even last year, uh, that was a wipeout pitch. And now that's become a little bit more average too. Uh, I don't really know how to feel about Chris Paddock as a potential future prospect. He has talent for sure, but I just don't know exactly where he's going to be in this rotation. Maybe his destiny is bullpen. I don't know for sure. But uh, at least for now, though, he did not kill us in this game. Though, Like I said, give up only uh, three earned runs, and they come on back-to-back uh, home runs, by the way, from Carlos Correa and Yuli Gurriel, uh, by the way, two solo shots, which was very, very unfortunate, uh, kind of the most of the damage. But nonetheless, it was still okay because uh, we already had some runs at that point. Eric Hosmer, Eric Hosmer, and the bottom of the first inning had doubled, allowing Manny Machado and Jay Cronenworth to score. So Eric Hosmer back in the lineup, but at least he kind of made, made it worth it and whatnot. Uh, he does get that big double again. Actually, no, we won't get into this yet. Sorry, I'm a little discombobulated. I had a little bit too, a little bit too much of a rest, I guess, this weekend. Maybe I, I'm out of, I'm out of practice. Um, the biggest thing in this game, Jake Cronenworth walk off home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. Not to mention a very solid inning from the Shark before the bottom of the ninth inning and the top of the ninth. He goes one inning. Uh, oh no. I thought he struck out three. He walked three and then struck out one. So not the best outing for the Shark, but nonetheless, he doesn't give up the big hit like I was saying earlier. Jake Cronenworth, walk-off home run. He needed that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not just saying that. Like, he really did need it. Um, He had been in a slump for a very long time, Mr. Jake Cronenworth. In August, 247 average, 342 on base. Not terrible, not great. And then also in July, 236, uh, 313 on base. Much, much worse than how he had been in May and June, especially uh, this year. And even April, he'd been an all-star player. We all know this. He was an all-star for the National League this year. So he needed that. Um, He's been in a slump for a while now, and we need him to start playing like like an all-star. And he does here. Hits the walk-off home run. It was great. The Padres need big hits like that to kind of rejuvenate their team. But now, let's talk about Eric Hosmer. He does get the double in this game. So, the discourse around Eric Hosmer is rightfully that he is such a bad defensive player. Among all qualified uh, infielders in the National League, he has the worst defensive rating at, like, minus (laughs) 12.2. So, he's getting paid. It's eight years, $144 million. He's getting paid all that much money. And not only is he an unproductive bat, he hits everything on the ground. He's not slugging the ball nearly enough for what his lack of walk rate is. Uh, but he hits the ball hard. It's just that he hits the ball hard on the ground. I'm kind of regurgitating what most Padres fans know already about Eric Hosmer. But on top of that, the, the just wackadaisical defense that you saw on Friday. Here's what I will say, though. Here's what I will say. There's there's three. There's like a, a few things. Maybe not three. But I will say that Eric Hosmer has not been. He's not the only reason that the Padres had been struggling over basically since the All-Star break. He is not the only reason, I promise you. Uh, he had actually not even been the worst at bat. That's because in August, walk rate was actually pretty decent. He was getting on base, at least drawing some walks more than usual. Even if he wasn't hitting the ball particularly well, he actually wasn't the uh, the worst walk guy in the lineup. The worst lineup guys have been Adam Frazier, uh, even a little bit Jay Cronenworth, but not Jay Cronenworth. He hasn't been as bad as Eric Cosmer. But Trent Grisham, Tommy Pham, absolutely deplorable. Not to mention that um, Manny Machado hadn't really had a great August either. So he deserves a little bit of blame too. So he wasn't good in August, but he wasn't so bad that we can put it all on him. Uh, lack of a solid rotation. The bullpen completely just 
just regressing in basically every way. Losing Drew Pomeranz and all that stuff hurt them tremendously. So he wasn't the only reason. He's just the most frustrating reason for the aforementioned contract. Second thing, like I mentioned with Adam Frazier, it's not like there were guys in the Padres lineup forcing the issue of taking Eric Hosmer out of the lineup, right? If Adam Frazier was performing like the hits leader that he was for the first half of the season for the Pirates, then maybe they put him at second and then they put Jay Kerner with more at um, first base and you move the lineup a little bit around more or heck you put Jerickson Profar around there who's been heating up a little bit lately in fairness to Eric Hosmer and to the Padres and Jace Tingler who I know gets a lot of crap uh, for his lineup decisions at least it's not like there have been guys in the lineup really forcing who are batting like 380 and everyone's like why are you letting Hosmer play this doesn't make any sense then the last thing I will say is I think one of the big reasons everyone gets frustrated is how routinely Eric Hosmer is back in the lineup, right? It's not like he's a guy that's genuinely have has a platoon, a platoon. It feels like Will Myers has more games off than Eric Hosmer, right? Like it feels like he's the one taking the hit more often with Tatis going to right, then Grisham and Fam to kind of making up the rest of the outfield or even Jerickson Profar. That is a little bit annoying. I get that. But at the same time, not too many guys were forcing the issue. I think the the really frustrating thing is that you see guys like Ryan Weathers. He struggles for a month, bullpen. Tommy Pham, he's going down. Frazier, he's going down. Hassan Kim, he's going on the bench. Eric Hosmer, he's just always there. And then the last point I want to make is what's most frustrating, he shouldn't be in the five spot, like ever. Like, I don't care what, put him at eight, put him at seven at the minimum just aside from the pitcher who has to bat because national league rules are stupid i don't understand how eric hosmer is hitting that much higher in the lineup that's just me granted jace tingler he knows a lot more about baseball than i do but i do think that that is my biggest thing so all those combined make the eric hosmer experience as frustrating as it is so while i do agree with everybody that he's been a disaster very bad player and on top of being very bad he's very bad for his money in fairness he is not the only reason most frustrating reason, and also we need guys like Adam Frazier and especially Tommy Pham, who had his first like RBI with a runner in scoring position that I've seen like all year. He has like 41 RBIs on the season, which I know that they're not the most all-encapsulating stat in the world, but when they're that low, that usually can tell you something. And what that tells you is go look up, look up Tommy Pham's numbers with runners in scoring position. He has a WRC plus of like 29 right now. I haven't checked in a little bit, sorry. But it's very, very low. It's very, very low. Not to mention Adam Frazier and all these guys. So hopefully the Padres can pick up this momentum. Uh, that's that's what I'm hoping because they had a really good series against a really good team. They kind of owned the Astros, actually. They won two out of three when they played them earlier this year, and they swept them last year uh, in the 2020 truncated season. But albeit, it was still a sweep. So... That was very nice. Then they've got the Angels for two games coming up uh, today. First game against the Angels at 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time. I don't know who the starters are going to be, actually. It doesn't say uh, what I'm looking at. And then you got at L.A. for three and then at San Francisco for four. Then three against St. Louis and then three against San Francisco. And then three against Atlanta and then back to the Dodgers and then back to the Giants to close out the season. So they needed to get some wins. I'm just saying, guys. It's nice, but I'll only be impressed when they start showing it for another week before I start getting my hopes up that they can get that wild card spot. I know that they're in possession of it right now, and I know that the Reds, as an organization over the last decade or so, haven't exactly installed confidence as an organization that you just, you don't want to bet against the Reds. They'll find a way. This isn't like Boston. This isn't like Tampa. No, the Reds are not exactly the most well run, but grand, neither the Padres historically either. So I'm just saying, uh, 
someone tweeted at me saying, are you surprised that they won two out of one, uh, two out of three? No, not really, because it's baseball and it can happen sometimes. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's not like football where you're like, oh my God, the Chiefs just lost to the Jaguars. What the heck? That was surprising. It's not like that. Good teams lose to inferior teams all the time. Uh, the question is whether or not they can keep it up, and they're going to need to. They're going to have to really show out, especially against San Fran, who they have to play three more times this year. And they look good, man. I don't know if you guys watched the Dodgers-Giants series, but they looked really, really good. Shout out to Trey Turner, by the way, uh, making the, the game-losing error. on uh, Was it Friday or Saturday? I think it was Friday's game. Uh, so that was a wild, wild ride. But, uh, yeah, that is basically it, guys. Let me now talk to you really quickly before we wrap things up about the Locked On Bets podcast betting on the Padres betting on the Astros betting on whoever the Chiefs like I just mentioned before it doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast guys it's basically it for today's show. Uh, but what I will say is for the rest of the week, we're going to be talking about a bunch of fun topics. Uh, I don't know which one specifically, but I think it's about time. We got to talk about uh, Tatis's MVP potential. I think it's about time to talk my opinions on the NL MVP and whether or not I do think Tatis deserves the MVP. That should be a fun discussion. Also going to be talking about some power rankings that I saw over the athletic. Granted, they're like a week old, but I still feel like I should talk about them because it's a good excuse to kind of look at the league as a whole. And then on Friday, for Friday's podcast, we're going to have going to be having a special guest, my buddy Colby Olson of Just Baseball, which is a site that I write for. And the reason we're having him on is because he recently wrote about some underrated kind of pitchers who have really turned things around in the second half of the season. And his main guy was Blake Snell. And we're going to talk about that. He's a big analytics guy, so we're going to get super nerdy. So look forward to that as a special sort of podcast on Friday. But other than that, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Be sure to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can check out the link in the podcast description. If you're already watching on YouTube, thank you for staring at my ugly mug for a while. I forgot to show off my shirt. It's a pineapple shirt. If you guys can see that, pineapple and whatnot. Uh, I always like showing that off on the video. That's a, just an incentive if people want to see what I'm rocking uh, on the video. Be sure to subscribe there. Just launched it last week and it's been really fun so far. Really kind of reinvigorated my energy, I think, a little bit. Just seeing myself on camera for some odd reason. Um, but yeah, be sure to follow myself or the Twitter page for the show on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.